When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back to another episode of Rock M Reacts live from Furrow Field following the Zoo's 34-12 win over South Carolina, moving on to 7-1 on the season, 4-1 now entering a much-needed bye week uh, to rest and recover from a, for a team that's been pretty banged up throughout this season. But we'll start with what went down today. Uh, first and foremost, I think, at least for me personally, one of the biggest takeaways I take from this game was the offensive line play. I would argue this is probably their most complete performance of the year. A, in pass protection, Brady Cook wasn't sacked once today. B, Cody Schrader averaged over five yards a carry. He had a phenomenal day, and it was a large part because he wasn't getting touched until he got to the second level. Um, so how did you guys see, we'll start, we'll start with you, Quinn, how do you see the offensive line kind of translate to the offensive success today? And just do you think this is a sign that they are really coming together? I was just so impressed with how easy running the ball looks. There were a handful of runs where it just looked so easy for Cody Schrader to hit a hole. And that's happened a few times this season, but it was happening more consistently this game than I think any other game um, this season. Um, and there have only been a few times in recent Mizzou football mem- memory where the offense had – like over 400 yards in a game, but on the ground was it was uh, more than 50 percent of the production came from the rushing attack. That's been pretty rare. Um, so I was incredibly impressed with. I mean, both the touchdowns like there was a wide open hole. Um, it wasn't necessarily Cody Schrader fighting to get room. He said in the post game press conference he kind of knew when it got to the line of scrimmage that he had daylight ahead. So I was very very impressed. Yeah, just kind of that going off of you guys, you know, anytime you have zero sacks and average about 5.4 yards per pop, that is just outstanding job. And, you know, Drinkwood's all of them. They gave credit to where it's due with this offensive line. But they've definitely came a long way since um, last year, especially when because the offensive line was probably a huge question mark along the quarterback coming into the season. And it's just great to see the growth there. I mean, yeah, on those touchdown runs, you saw Delgado and Foster just creating huge holes for Schrader to run through and you know he was just basically he had nothing to do but go towards daylight into the end zone but it was probably one of the most complete um, offensive line performance them winning in the trenches you know Schrader said they take pride in that winning there and it was on display today here for homecoming which was great um, for this unit to do they only had one penalty correct and that was yes. a, that was a false and that then was they a false say, start. I believe they said the ref 
they bring a ref. Or yeah, something I was gonna in, say that's practice. why, as a drink had said this week, to adjust to the the penalty issues offensive line, they brought in real refs like they would during fall camp. Apparently, that made a pretty big impact. Only the one flag today. Um, kind of on the flip side of that, we saw Brady Cook. Maybe not his best game of the season per se, but still a solid performance because, in large part, he had so much time. You flip that, he was asked post game about if you're in Spencer Rattler's situation today, how are you doing? And he's like. I have no idea because the Mizzou defense was all over Spencer Rattler in his lap pretty much every single snap. It was a lot of, you saw a lot of stunning, a lot of five, six man pressures, not, not too much all out blitzes, but a lot just bringing one linebacker, one safety. The South Carolina offensive line didn't seem like they knew how to handle that. Six acts in the day, eight tackles for loss. Just y'all's thoughts on kind of a, how you handled Spencer Rattler today. Uh, Xavier Leggett went down early in the game that, that had an impact. Yes. But handling Rattler and Mario Anderson, who are both pretty hot coming into this game, and then just overall the defense performance kind of working back from that insane pass rush today to the coverage. I don't know how long uh, the team of a gold rush has gone back with Mizzou homecoming, uh, but there was an actual gold rush today, like, on the football field. Yep. Um, and I think the best front sevens and defenses I see in general are the ones where it feels like there are more than 11 players on the field. Um, you're seeing at the NFL level, I think the Cleveland Browns, They f- it feels like there are more than 11 people on the field just because there seems to be a Cleveland Brown everywhere the ball carrier is. And that's certainly what it felt like tonight. Uh, I remember you saying Rattler got a clean throw off, I think, sometime in the third quarter. And you were like, that's the longest amount, that's the most amount of time he's had to throw all day long. And it was like a few seconds. Um, so I was just very impressed with pretty much everybody along the defensive line. Uh, Darius Robinson had an incredible sack where he basically shed three blockers and yeah. route to a sack. Um, they were generating constant pressure on Spencer Rattler. He had very little, if anywhere to go at all for most of the night. Um, so Blake Baker prides himself on Havoc. Uh, we've been talking about Havoc as a key to success for Mizzou's defense for a long time, uh, especially over the past couple of years with the way Blake Baker wants to do defense, the way he wants to send extra guys. Um, they got home tonight. They got home a lot, and it made playing offense a lot easier. It lessened the and less than the second-half struggles of the offense a little bit because, obviously, they were struggling to move the ball down the field, but the defense continued to pick up stop after stop. So, again, very impressive stuff. Yep, and you got to love it, especially as a football savant. I mean, to complement the offensive line domination, they um, wrapped that up with a good, you know, defensive front seven. They played lights out, and you just like when your team just dominates in the trenches. You see with the 49ers, you see with a lot of good just football teams overall that go and win a lot of games are going and win championships and Spencer Rattler yes he did not have any time at all to throw the football he often had to scramble he was just not comfortable and you could just tell that in the way he was playing that was the depth of the Mizzou's defensive line I mean multiple guys got sacks they got back there for what four to six times and even in the run game as well they held them to what two yards per carry they had probably I really counted they had two long runs that whole game I think the running back had a was down here by the one yard line he had a long run the Spencer Rattler scrambled for another long one but outside of that it was it even the interior defensive line they came up to play just stuffing the run in the middle they couldn't do anything and when you're able to do that in the game of football you know you're going to win a lot of games and your opposition's not going to be comfortable at all get into a groove or nothing so just a great day by both um, sides of the trenches offensive defensive lines in my opinion mm-hmm. and I think it's a, in part um Hey, you saw Joe Moore get a sack today. He was one of the notable transfers of the offseason. Hasn't really showed up that much recently, but he was playing significant snaps today. I think you saw another great thing. I think that Baker is just has such a luxury with right now for the style of defense he wants to play. Is you have such great blitzing defensive backs and linebackers that are so – I mean, Tyron Hopper is one, obviously, but Carlisle, Dalen Carnell, 
even KD and Dennis Raystrock, dangerous coming off blitzes. I mean, they're going back there to take people's heads off. Um, so that was really impressive as well. Uh, also impressive, Jaden throwing out words like Savant tonight. Pretty, uh, pretty good stuff. But um, from Dennis Gates, building. Ah, uh, yes, it is from Gates. Who, who, if you did not see, led the led the marching Mizzou band out in the field today, which was uh, pretty impressive as well. With this shameless plug, Mizzou set to tip off number six against Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, week of the Tennessee game for football. But another thing I want to point out with the defense today, because when that second half and they got a little bit of momentum. Um, you know, you had the Luke Barr kind of dropped punt. That really hurt things, and South Carolina seemed like they were getting rolling. They would threaten into the red zone, yes, but they only got four field goals today. They didn't score a single touchdown. How much does that speak on kind of this, what this defense is able to do? I mean, Ben, don't break is kind of a thing that's thrown around a lot, and I don't think that's necessarily what this defense is, but it was, it's what was needed today. When your offense was struggling and your back was against the wall on Carolina, if they converted even two of those field goals into touchdowns, this is a very tight game in the fourth quarter. What do you see from how, how they played in the red zone? And is this kind of – is this a, a strength of this defense is, is playing in the red zone? I saw really good tackling. Mm-hmm. I was very pleased with the tackling today, uh, especially um, – I think it was South Carolina's last red zone possession. Um, J.C. Carlisle was one-on-one with the receiver in the flat. Mm-hmm. Boom, brought him down yep. easy. Um, just simple stuff like that. Um, we have to make plays out in space. Um, it's more valuable when you're around the goal line where one miss could mean six. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, I did not see a ton of missed tackles today. Um, I thought um, I hit a wall. It's past my bedtime. Um, <laughs> but uh, tackling, I thought, was, was very, very on point. Yeah, it almost seemed like the defense, uh, they were going to take it personally today if South Carolina scored a touchdown, frankly. I mean, you've seen some of the players were talking post-game saying it's not a rivalry five straight. There, there's, there's an emotional tie in this game as well, too. There certainly is between, between these sides. So, Yeah, I mean, this isn't the Big Ten West. This isn't Iowa, Minnesota. If you want, if you want to win football games, if you want to compete, you got to score touchdowns. And for this defense not to allow a single touchdown, especially against a team that put up what thirty nine points or like four hundred some yards of total offense against Florida, you know that was that was real impressive to me. And then bending, not breaking. You know, sometimes you do need that in football. Um, it came up huge because you were just like, you know, if South Carolina scores here, then you know we, we're talking a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm you know, for the rest of the game. But like you said, good tackling was there in the red zone. Um, just them stopping drive, that also gives momentum because when you leave with three points instead of seven, I mean, for South Carolina, you're probably just like, dang, we, we've been down here, what, they were down here three times, I think they hit a 50-yard field goal. We were down here three times, we can't get anything going. That just takes away from the confidence of that offense. And then on Mizzou's side, you know, just them getting stops, that, that also builds that builds confidence for them. So that was – real key in this game and you know holding a team of 12 points instead of 28 points making this a game that's mm-hmm. really huge and i would imagine shane beamer post game that is the number one thing he will be saying is if we got touchdowns to the field goals we would have been in this game potentially have won it but that is how the cookie crumbles sometimes um now the main thing mizzou fans want to do is is look ahead because you're sitting at seven and one you got a much needed bye week to rest up uh get get kind of everything situated before a nice uh final four game stretch that includes, one could argue, probably the top three teams in the SEC, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida, as well as Arkansas in the rivalry game. Georgia's next in Athens. Mizzou's currently sits tied for second in the East. Georgia and Florida will meet in Jacksonville next weekend. That will determine a lot about kind of who the, the, the team to beat is going to be in the East, frankly. But looking ahead, a trip to Athens it normally seems incredibly daunting. Just absolutely no chance anybody goes in there and, and wins. We'll see how Georgia looks next week without Brock Bowers, but this Mizzou team playing at this level right now looks like they are capable of, of at least making that a game and should be favored in probably the other three games it has done the stretch. Give me a quick little 
just outlook projection for how this team might fare in these final four weeks. Well, what they need to accomplish in the bye week, too. Um, and then what it will come down to, to beating Georgia and dethroning them uh, in Athens. You said you're looking ahead to Georgia? Yeah. Stop. Bye stop week. It. You need to stop. Got to beat the bye week enjoy, first. Beat the bye week. Enjoy the bye week. Mm-hmm. That goes for True. us, too. That goes for us, too. Oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but we have to talk about Georgia now. We do. Um, That's what the media wants. <sighs> Fans want. Fine. I'll give it to you. Um, how to beat Georgia. Well, considering that Mizzou, over the past, what, two and a half calendar years, is one of three teams to give Georgia any type of trouble in the second half, mm-hmm. along with Ohio State and Alabama, um, they've been there before. They know how to do it. Um, obviously, it was here at Faroe Field. Um, being in Athens is a whole different animal. It's a whole different beast, especially considering the potential stakes mm-hmm. of the SEC East being on the line, which I'm going to be completely honest, was not a point in the mountain that I thought Mizzou would reach. But yep. you know what? They climbed it. We could, we, they could get there. Excuse yep. me. Mizzou could get there. Um, but how to beat Georgia if they don't have Brock Bowers? Um, that's kind of a big deal. Um, there's no really other way to put it. He's been their safety net. He's been their go-to, the way they use him. Um, and it's not one single way. It's a lot of different ways. We've seen him on jet squeeze. We've seen him on fade balls. We've seen him kind of everywhere. He's been their version of Debo Samuel. Um, so I think without him, um, they're going to have to adjust. And obviously, we're going to see how they look against another solid team in Florida. Um, but my thing with Mizzou is that they're not afraid of anybody. No. Uh, that well. that really matters. That matters a lot. And obviously they're confident. And when you're confident and you're not really afraid of anything, good things tend to happen. Um, and even if they roll into Athens and they come out with a, a, a close competitive loss, that's a huge step forward. Yeah, I mean, oh well, lost to Georgia, you more than likely potentially finish 10-2. and two. It's still a wildly successful season. So I... I I worry that Mizzou fans might be at the point now where, you know, one loss and they're like, oh, what happened? This team was it's supposed to Joe be the Earth. great one. It's <laughs> it's a long season. This is this program is still it's it's emerging out. Dennis Gates talks about his basketball program is still in the infant stages. Drinkwitz's program is emerging out of those infant stages right now. But they're still not out there at the level they want to be. So you have to their patience is still key with this team. Um but, Jaden, your your thoughts on where they, they might stack up in the East as the season comes to a close? I mean, really, in two weeks, when you go to Athens, Georgia, you got to bring the kitchen sink. I mean, you got to bring everything. Because if I'm going to be realistic, that is probably the SEC East semifinal game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because the, these are the two best teams right now. And you look at Missouri's schedule, you got Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas. Well, Arkansas, that's a whole different story. Could do. <laughs> I got a lot to say about Arkansas right now. But, you know, those games, winnable. This game, you look at it, and you're like, you got to go – all the way to Georgia, you're gonna have a ton of confidence, and I'll be and I'll be. It was daunting um, when you went in there in 2013. It seemed daunting, and you came out with the win. But that Missouri team, that Missouri team was confident, and coming off a five and seven season that year, that was kind of a something to prove team, too, with a lot at stake. And they went in there and did it. So, you know, like last year, that game was close, even with Mizzou not having the offense they had, not having the offensive line they had right now, all of that. Um, you know, that game was still close, and, you know, they're going to be riding there with confidence. So that, that game is going to be real interesting to see. It's probably going to be one of the biggest games in the SEC this year. And, you know, it's just going to be tough. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. They're probably not going to have Brock Bowers mm-hmm. most likely, and that's their biggest offensive weapon, like you guys said. So just know in two weeks that's really that's really the game. Like, you look at Kansas State earlier this year, that was the big game. You know, that was going to define a lot. and ended up doing it. Well, this is really the game where you're going to be like, you know, you want to – be in Atlanta in December, possibly go to New Year's Six Bowl, which Mizzou probably, you know, they're on track to probably go to New Year's Six Bowl. 
Um, but this is really the game that's, you know, the biggest game probably in a while, I would say. And frankly, to be classified as an elite team, you shouldn't have just one game in a season that is your, your marquee matchup. You should be playing four or five games that yeah. feel like your season is on the line. That's that's how college football, you know, these type, this is what Bama does every single season. They play four or five games mm-hmm. where everything's on the line, and they usually win those games. Um, that being said, could be college game day in Athens, potentially, depending on how UGA does next week. Best believe that Drinkwitz and the staff will be watching every single millisecond of that game, probably multiple times over, to see how Georgia runs its offense without Bowers mm-hmm. and just what they look like coming out of that game. It will be interesting, but Mizzou fans, regardless, your team sits a 7-1, and 4-1 and one in conference play going into the bye week. A resounding success up to this point. Um, moving forward, every single goal that they laid out in front of themselves before the season started is still in front of them. And eight weeks into the season, that is all that you can ask for. So that'll wrap it up for another episode of Rock and Reacts. Uh, we will not be in Athens more than likely. Jaden will be in Georgia, uh, so potentially maybe in Athens, but probably not covering it. Um, So, Rock and Reacts will probably return either after the Georgia game or definitely after the uh, Tennessee game following that. But, Quinn, Jane, and Parker signing off from uh, a dark and happy throw field. Don't want to know this week. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Beep! Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and and read about it is a great great network full of really fantastic podcasts so look them up and subscribe uh to any and all of those podcasts uh rock m radio will be back with more episodes coming soon thanks